Tips podcast by Singapore Children's Society is a topical parenting series on trends and research concerning children and youth. We support caregivers by providing perspectives and useful information to enhance the well-being of children and youth. Spare the rod and spoil the child is a familiar refrain that parents use to explain why they meet out corporate punishment on their children. While caning or spanking may not be the first choice of disciplinary approach by parents these days, Physical punishment remains largely acceptable in our society. With the growing body of research, what do we know about the effectiveness of corporal punishment? What are some alternative disciplinary techniques that parents can try? In this three-part Parent Tips episode, we invited two experts, Dr. Kwa So Han and Dr. Chong Hoi Shan, to share their views on disciplinary approaches in parenting. Sohan is a clinical psychologist with 20 years of experience working with children, young persons and families. She is also mother to two teenage children. Hoishan is a developmental psychologist and is an assistant professor at the Yale NUS College. She has a teenage daughter. I'm your host, Xiaoling, and I'm with the Research and Advocacy Department of the Singapore Children's Society. In the first part of this series, let us look at what science tells us about the effects of corporal punishment on children. Sohan, maybe we could start by asking you, from your experience, I'm sure you would have come across um, parents who, who share that kind of, kind of thing, sentiment, right, and they feed their children in order to correct their misbehavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you share with us why do parents do that? So basically, um, it's, it's a, almost like a tried and tested method, like, you mm. know, for many of us. Mm. Uh, and, and so that is one of like, you know, probably the, the reason. Now, of course, the other thing is also with corporal punishment or like, you know, with, with punishment, it is a short term effective way, right? You know, so if, if parents like, you know, they see a behavior, especially things to do with safety concerns, then the tendency would want to, you know, it'd be like, you know, oh, I'm giving you a smack because that's dangerous or like, you know, some might use the cane. And the child would stop the behavior. So it would seem like, you know, uh, it is the quickest and the best way. Yeah. From parental, from parents' perspective, then, you know, why, why then you use the cane is, mm. as what Sohan has said, is quick and is effective. But, but what, what do we count as effective? Mm. Like if, 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 uh, effective by effective, we want the child to stop the behavior immediately, then maybe. Yeah, but then the longer term question is that, hey, you know, in the absence of that, so let's say if I'm not there to, to, to do the surveilling, so the surveillance or you know, do the monitoring, mm-hmm. uh, would the child, uh, then, you know, go back to misbehaving because then there is no chance of getting caught because I'm not there. So then the question is becomes, you know, what do we count as effective? Do we want to stop the behavior then and then when we are there to see? Or do we want to cultivate a longer term of, of, of effectiveness where, you know, the child really internalize, like, mm. you know, misbehavior, know that it's not right and that there are other better, you know, behaving um, ways. Mm. Uh, then, then, you know, to, as a parent and as a, as a researcher, as a psychologist, then to me, you know, the longer term uh, effectiveness seem to warrant, um, you know, other methods of discipline. So short-term compliance is good, but, you know, it's quick. But, you know, are we really just looking at the child behaving when we're there? The part that you mentioned about, you know, the short-term compliance, is this, is this something that research is informing us about? Uh, is this something that, you know, has uh, is coming out from the research studies that have been done? Yeah, so um, there's this 
uh, very large scale, uh, what, what we call in psychology meta-analysis. That means they look at, you know, uh, 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 in this case, they look at evidence from 88 studies from many different cultures, uh, varying ages, of course, varying sample sizes as well. And they came to one very strong conclusion. Mm. The use of physical punishment is linked to 10 undesirable behaviours. So that includes things like, you know, um, poorer quality of uh, parent-child relationship, increased child aggression, so the children become more aggressive. Uh, not surprising because they model after behavior that they see at home. Uh, and they are also likely to uh, be, you know, engage in antisocial behavior. So, so it's very, very paradoxical. On the one hand, you want the child to behave well and you use physical punishment. But actually, physical punishment uh, predicts even higher incidence of antisocial behavior and aggression. And uh, and then there's also, you know, poor moral internalization, meaning that the child actually does not internalize any of the good values that you want him or her to have, behaving just because they want to get away or no, they want to avoid being uh, punished. And there is only one, if you like, positive outcome from the use of physical punishment. And that mm-hmm. is exactly what we've been talking about, immediate compliance. Yeah. Right, right, right. So, I mean, if you count that as a positive outcome, then great, you know, but it's just linked to this, you know, they just stop immediate compliance. Mm. That's it. So, I'm actually quite curious, you know, um, so, so actually what question has been set out, uh, basically some of the impact, um, of corporal punishment on children, right? But I, I guess there is also this other side, you know, parents who have, um, grown up, you know, as a child, they could have been, um, tamed by the parents or hit. And um, they always say along this line, uh huh. So uh, I've been hit and I turn out well, and so I have to really thank my parents, you know, for for controlling me or or from correcting me and guiding me in that manner. Otherwise, I could have turned out worse. So I'm just wondering, you know, from Sohan's uh, experience working with families, um, how how does it play out? Hey, um, I don't know about other families, but I can share like my own personal experience. <laughs> so, like I said, I had gone through physical punishment. Yes, I turned out okay. Yeah. <laughs> However, um, you know, uh, I I can still like you know if I were to really take a moment and recall the times when I was physically punished, um, mm. there is probably still a little bit of a shadow there, right? For me, at least, like you know, I I remember as a child, you know, how fearful I was, and mm. I remember myself like thinking like, oh, but what did I do wrong? Mm, so actually, mm. you know, while, you know, uh, I, I became more vigilant and like, you know, uh, was more mindful of my behavior so that I won't get hit. Um, half of the time, I actually was quite clueless, you know, uh, mm. as to what was happening. Like, you know, what, what did I do? Actually, a lot of times when, you know, in the families, you know, with the children that I talked to, um, that's usually the case. Like, if you ask them, so what do you think, right? Mm. will be punished for mm. and you know I'll get the I don't know mm. yeah. and I guess part of my conversations with parents then is like you know while you know it may be very clear to us why we're like you know giving that punishment mm. it's actually not that automatic you know children don't necessarily get it some children mm. maybe are smarter mm. so called socially maybe the social intelligence is a little bit higher mm. they get it they can read between the lines but there are many children who also, you know, who wouldn't have that ability. I mean, it's still a work in progress. They're still developing that ability, especially mm. for younger children, right? Um, and the thing is, I think if we ask everyone who has been hit before, 
Okay, um, nobody would say, haha, I laugh and it's so funny and I was happy to be hit. And usually what will happen is we'll be very fearful and that actually has some direct impact on the brain development, mm. for example, you know, mm. of children. Yeah. So when we are fearful, you know, the brain will actually concentrate all the like, you know, energy, all our energy in the brain will go and be stuck at the emotion centers. And if it's a fearful, like if it's a negative emotion, like, like fear, anxiety, or anger, then it kicks off this survival instinct in us within the brain, right? Fight mm. or flight mm. response. Okay. And when the energy is trapped there, a child or an adult actually would be less likely to be using the language centers of the brain, the logical thinking part of the brain, self-awareness, problem-solving, all the good things, right, that we need for good mm. decision-making and proper social behavior. <laughs> mm. All naturally mm. switch off, mm. you know, when the survival instinct kicks in, like, you know, when we're fearful. So I think mm. that's the part that, you know, if I were to share, like, you know, the effects of corporal punishment, that could be a likely, like, you know, side effect. That's mm. not that great, yeah. I would just like to hear both your views on, you know, you were talking about alternatives, right? So, there are so many different kinds of um, disciplinary methods. Uh, and a very common term that we hear is like, you know, you should try positive parenting strategies. But I guess uh, the trouble is, um, how do we then define positive parenting strategies? So I, I was just wondering whether you could just share with us, you know, what are these alternatives that you think um, could actually uh, help parents who are so used to using corporate punishment? What else can they try? So Han. Okay, sure. <laughs> I will share first. <laughs> I think first off, I want to like, you know, tell everyone straight up, right, that positive parenting, you know, is totally not about, um, you know, sparing the rod and spoiling the child. In fact, good positive parenting will still teach a child responsibility and hold the child accountable for, you know, um, for actions that, you know, um, they are like so-called not supposed to do, especially, you know, when it comes to safety and risk and like, you know, what we call social kind of like norms, right? Behaviors like following social norms. To me, um, it has to do with being attuned to the child's needs, being mm -hmm. consistent, mm -hmm. right? And actually being attentive. So I, I mean, I hear that a lot, right? You know, mm. oh, you know, it's only the last reason. Oh, because I've said it 10 times already and the child, like, you know, has not done what I've told, you know, him or mm. her. In fact, that's, um, something that I used to hear from my husband. Like, you know, <laughs> he will complain to me like, oh, but the children listen to you better. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, but that's because also, I am attentive. I nip the problem in the bud. So the moment when I notice, hey, um, perhaps they are not doing something that, you know, we would like them to do, mm. I already then get their attention. Okay. So, you know, by attention, I don't mean like shouting across the room, the living room. Like if the child is in the room, you're then mm. in the living room and I say, Hey, do your homework. It doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. So it's more of like, you know, uh, like for my own example, like I will actually start paying attention if I know they're not handing in their homework. Mm. I will actually go in and do spot checks. And the <laughs> moment when I see like, you know, my child is not doing homework, I catch their attention and say like, you know, please do your homework. Mm. And okay. yeah. yeah. And so then that's how you can get the compliance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, but to get that compliance working in the first place, 
I think we do, you know, you know we, we do need, you know, a, a very strong foundation of, yeah. of, of, of a trust, mm. trust in exactly. the relationship. Okay. Right. So, mm. so I, I see, I see where, you know, the, the difference, as you said just now, right, your, your husband said it, but they listen to you more. I, I guess part of the, part of the, the reason for this is, okay, you are saying it right. And I think a big part of, big part of the reason is that uh, because they already have a very strong, what we call attachment relationship with you. Mm, exactly. Mm, mm. Thanks, Kasha, yes. for pointing that out. That's yeah. why I said the first thing when it came to positive parenting is the attunement, which yeah. is mm. very much, you know, um, to do with attachment, like you mm. know, to have that relationship with children, and which is why you know, Hoshan, like you know, I think many of us, among our colleagues, always say we connect with the children before we yeah. correct, because the yeah. connection, the attachment, right, is so important. So how do we connect? How do we connect in a manner that can build that strong foundation in order for us as we grow older and we will just say, please do your homework and they will do their homework. <laughs> so it's just like, okay, I just need to say once, you know, and say it nicely. Don't even have to raise my voice and then they will comply immediately. So how, how do we build that attachment? Okay, it's, it, it's possible, right? Just say once. Without, no, actually, yeah. I was going to say no. <laughs> But it's still possible to say it nicely. <laughs> you know, but I still have to go in and do spot checks a few more times. So I guess when it comes to building relationship, right, often I hear um, like the challenge is time. I, I think especially mm-hmm. in this day and age, right, where um, actually most of us work pretty long hours and usually mm-hmm. both parents need to work. Um, so... I mean, from my own personal experience, at least, like, you know, I, I often I can't really think of any research to back me up on this. Uh, but from my own personal experience, quality time is actually more important. Mm-hmm. Having consistent quality time. So, like, you know, while my children were growing up, I, you know, uh, I was working full time. And because of the nature of my work, I actually have pretty long hours. So I've had like, you know, 8 a.m. I'm already out and mm. like, you know, I come home about 9, 9.30 p.m. So, um, and so I intentionally, while all my other friends, like children were sleeping at 8 p.m., 9 p.m., I actually trained my children to sleep at 10. I mean, they still get the eight hours of sleep, nine hours of sleep. Uh, but I did it intentionally because then I knew I can confidently at least reach home by nine o'clock at night mm. uh, and still be able to tuck them in bed. So growing up, both my children mm. uh, were used to me telling them stories, mm. seeing nursery rhyme, like, you know, um, and, and like making sure I'll be there with them till they fall asleep. Yeah, so having routines like that like, would really help. So, you know, it's, not, it's almost like it's not rocket science and we actually don't need a lot of money or a lot of time but it's more of like, again, paying attention, right? What do they like? For those of us, especially if our children are young enough, I, I would say, yeah, you know, make the best use of the time. Like, you know, you can start as, even as young as when they are toddlers, you're telling them stories. Mm. And then like, you know, so even like, you know, uh, after a while, how I got them to read, I remember was like, I'll read one page of The Hungry Caterpillar. And the next page, I'll say like, oh, Mommy's voice is going, right? Or mm-hmm. I'll, I'll intentionally pause for a while and kids being kids, they'll be helpful. They will start continuing the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can talk forever, right? About mm-hmm. all the little tricks. But I, I guess the main uh, point I want to make is like, you know, we start paying attention from young, mm-hmm. you know, on what they like. 
And, you know, part of attunement is then like, you know, spending the time that we know okay, that the children would enjoy. Mm. And that's when you have, it's almost like building a, a bank of positive memories. Mm. I, I I think part of the, the the issue that I see also, especially when you know, when I talk to parents and all that with very very young children, mm. um, they they told me that oh you know uh, of course naturally I will use power assertive methods or like you no know, get out now you know or 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 get you know or, or rip out a cane or mm. you know whatever. But because these are very young kids, you're talking about kids who are maybe less than two years old, for example. What do they know about reasoning? What do they know about morals? Uh, of course, the quickest way, or in fact, the only way, would be um, to inflict some pain, so that then they know that this is not not uh, not something that uh, uh, it's desirable. For example, but I but you know, but science has told us that you know the moral teaching and moral values thing, there is no such thing as you no. Know, oh, the child doesn't understand, so let's <laughs> let's do something else that is uh, more uh, punitive so that because the punitive way is very it's a universal language right I'm glad you I know that you know that I'm upset and you know to stop um, but no I mean um, you can start as young as when you start interacting with them right it's every little interaction uh, that counts it's the small moments uh, that count so there's no such thing as oh I, I assume that they don't understand so hitting is, is, is the only way to go no actually kids they do understand. They are very, very good at reading body language. They yeah, are. And, yeah, and we know, and we know that you know um, from the evolutionary you know, theory and all that, or, or you know, from from biological uh, psychology and all that, we know that you know, reading emotions is a fundamental gift of humans, and they start very, very young. Even in in, in infancy, they are able to read body language very, very well. So um, does that mean that we we have to resort to very you know jarring or, or very punitive, that is obviously negative methods to convey our displeasure. I don't think so. Mm. There are, of course, other ways. It can even be, be crafted as, as a form of conversation, like what Sohan has been describing. Mm. Yeah, thanks, Hoishan. And I guess that's the thing. Like, you know, sometimes we parents don't realise. Like, you know, um, okay, I, you know, I say once, twice, third time, you know, I get angry and then I hit, right? then guess what? Like, you know, perhaps well, then we are actually teaching the child, oh, it's okay. It's okay to use physical force when I am angry. Mm -hmm. okay. So then you know, when we think about that, oh, wow, you know, how, how does that help the child to learn, like, you know, positive problem solving? Mm -hmm. And of course, when I say that, I don't mean like, oh, then do, not, uh, then, you know, um, do parents then really have to try to control our emotions and not get angry? I'll be the first one to like, you know, I have rolled like, you know, my eyes. I have raised my voice. Uh, my son at five years old, like, you know, one day asked like, mommy, what do you do? And I proudly told him, oh, I'm a psychologist. I help families, you no know, children. And he looked at me and he said like, oh, then why do you still get angry? Oh yes, oh, I, you know, just I, I, um, yeah, I, I get that too. <laughs> it's like, wait, wait, what did you just do? I thought you're not supposed to do that, you know? Yeah, but we are all humans. Exactly, and so yes. that's what I told him too, right? So that's mm. part of that conversation too to acknowledge. Yeah, well, you, mommy. Well, firstly, I'm your mom, so there are times when like I am trying to get you to do the right things or like get you to hurry up a little bit, uh, and I'm also human. But mm. to me, it's a two-way thing, right? Because then yes. if we are attuned to the child, what is the child telling you? Hey, mom, 
you're getting angry more often, right, than usual. Because actually, usually I'm not a very angry person. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and in fact, we want to we want to cultivate that, right? Like for the child to be sensitive also to our, you know, our reactions, emotional yeah, reactions mm, and moods mm. and to convey to them, hey, you know, this is being human. Yeah. Mm, right, mm. Uh, that we have our moods and emotions and how do we then cope with that yeah, uh, yeah. instead of you know instead of shouting at each other for example or mm. caning children for example tune into the second series for tips on effective disciplinary strategies